Hello there, you're listening to the Park Rush Podcast. This is a theme park podcast. I'm Tom. Joining me as ever is Josh. Hello there. Hello there, Josh. How's it going? Good. Pretty great so far. Yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a good day. It's an exciting day. Yeah. Two reasons, Josh. One, it's our 50th episode, Josh. Oh. oh. Incredible scenes. Yeah. Because we've been so committed to the weekly release schedule, that means we're only two away from our year anniversary. I know. Can you believe it? I can't. I can't. I didn't think we'd make it this far. No. When we came up with this idea at Disneyland Paris more than a year ago at this point. Yeah. I Never would I have thought that we'd uh, have reached such fame such, and acclaim. Such dizzy heights. And riches, yeah. of course. Truly, truly astonishing. Yeah. And it is those riches that we have accrued that have allowed us to invest in a brand new series, Josh. Yes. So the other reason it's a big day, a good day, is that a new series starts today. What, today. what better way to mark the milestone that is episode 50 than with a new series? New series. That we have uh, we've teased to everyone that cares. <laughs> so that's like three people. Yeah. Um, Ben's well on board. People who... <laughs> have been following the show for uh, a while, may have listened to some episodes of our theme park film review series, where we look back on uh, films that have been inspired by or adapted from theme park attractions. Oh boy. Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, Tomorrowland, Haunted Mansion, Haunted Mansion various Mission others. Mission to Mars, yeah. Country Bears. Yeah, let's not remind ourselves of all of them. It was, it's a deep, dark rabbit hole That's to go it. down. That's it. And I've gone down it far enough, quite frankly. I've only We've only crawled out of it not that long ago. I don't want to go back down. Thanks very much. I'm going to watch Country Bears later. Don't do it to yourself, Josh. Just don't do it to yourself. <laughs> You're too young to go through it again. Um, in a similar vein, we've decided to start Theme Park Video Game Review Series. Yes. Now, two reasons for this, I guess. Uh, one, we need uh, some backlog episodes <laughs> <laughs> to cover, you know, various absences. Yes. You know, they come in handy at times to have Absolutely. some stuff in the can. <laughs> um, but we're both we're both massive nerds. We play a lot of video games. Have done over the years. We like theme parks. We're going to combine two of our great um, uh, two of our great loves here. Yeah. And talk about video games that are about theme parks and. The vast majority of them are about building and managing your own theme parks, but there have also been others that we will get to over the course of this series where you maybe take a slightly more uh, specific role in, in the overall theme park experience, such Absolutely. as testing rides or um, uh, give me, uh, you know franchise-specific ones. I don't know if we consider like something like a Jurassic World... Uh, I, as a theme park so. game, I guess that's it a, kind of is. That's a different level, right? Because that's uh, a film that's semi-based on a theme park, and now it's a game based on that film, so we're like... It's a bit of an Inception situation yeah. here. Yeah. Um, I mean, one of my all-time favourite roller coaster tycoon projects was actually a full-on dinosaur-themed theme park. Was that uh, three? Or was that, that was three, yes. With the expan- both expansions... Soaked and... Wild. wild. And I think Wild had... More, although it was obviously primarily focused on living creatures, the idea was that you could build like a theme park zoo, yes. like a bush gardens. Uh, but I, I want to say there was also some, there was more dinosaur stuff that came with the wild pack. 
okay. And I also got really into the modding scene of RCT3 and actually downloaded a template someone had made for the Jurassic Park River Adventure. Oh. I had that as kind of my marquee ride. But that's probably, when I think back on my rollercoaster tycoon career, that's which it. I unfortunately ended some time ago, mm. uh, that is the part that comes to mind as the one that I was most proud of. <laughs> I had a vision, I executed, the guests were happy. Yeah. It's good times. Good times. Good times. And we will get to Roller Coaster Tycoon 3 as part of this series because the plan, we didn't really have an order when it came to the film series, but this no. time we're going to go in, in release order. Yeah. So we're going to go back as far as we can uh, and and play everything what game we can get our hands on. And uh, so we start, Josh, with Theme Park. Theme Park. Simply called Theme Park. Theme Park. From 1994, developed by Bullfrog, yeah. which was a Peter Molyneux joint at the time. So yeah. for, for you video game nerds out there, you'll recognise his name. He mm. later founded oh, the Lionhead. Uh, the 22 Cans legend. 22 Cans. I'm not familiar with 22 Cans. That was the company he founded after Lionhead. Oh, right. That he was on Kickstarter and there was like some weird game that he made. It's bizarre. Right. Yeah. I, I have, like, he has a reputation in the games industry for making big promises and never really fulfilling them. But I've always kind of looked at him as like, okay, he doesn't fulfill the ultimate promise, but he is still aiming so high that mm. even when he delivers a few pegs down from that, there are still ambition, uh, ambitious yeah. ideas within those games that do make it. I, it's not for into the final want product. of trying, I, I think. It's no. Because he is... Um, Brought down by the limitations of the platform and of the uh, technology publishers. of the day. Yeah, uh, Time, don't get me wrong. I money. think people, you know, people who have felt burned by him over the years have every right to be if they feel like they're being promised something that doesn't end up being delivered. Yeah. Um, but hey ho, I've had a great time with a lot of his games over the years. Yeah. Uh, the black and white games, Fable, Fable. Uh, I my favorite game of his was the movies. The movies, which is a bit of a niche one, I That's think. That's so good. Though. It was an incredible. It was a really good like business management strategy game. Yeah. But then also had this incredible movie making tool inside yeah. it, and an amazing community uh, came about uh, around that game. And they had basically it's, uh, the line had basically launched their own version of YouTube that was <laughs> yeah. solely for uh, films people had made in the On movies. The movies yeah. And it was an astonishing community. It's probably the online community I've been most sort of felt most part of in yeah. all my life, really. That was really cool because it had like I, a Sims element to it as yeah, well. I I made some stuff I was genuinely quite proud of during those days. And uh, one of my uh, the movies projects is on YouTube. Oh. It is still on YouTube. Oh. Uh, we should maybe look it up after this. Ouch. And, and if it's still there... Which one is that? Okie dokie? No, it was... Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I did, I did the Hokey Dokey Jones yeah. trilogy. Yeah. Right. And then my big breakout hit. So I had the, <laughs> the Hokey Dokey Jones trilogy, which is a parody of Indiana Jones. Yeah, obviously. And then I also had the Ducko series. Oh, of course. Which is the... a comedy about a man who transforms into a duck. Yes, the Ducko series. And then my breakout hit, Two Legends was uh, a crossover event. But this was way before Marvel Cinematic Universe, Josh. <laughs> a crossover between Robin Hood and King Arthur. <laughs> and I actually engaged with the movies community at large to assemble a voice cast oh. of heavy hitters oh. from the movies online community. And that then gave me some recognition and the platform to then return to my 
beloved original series that no one had watched and came back with a Hokey Dokey Jones 4 with um, the, star, Skull. the star of two legends taking on the role of Hokey Dokey Jones oh. for myself. Because at that time it was just me yeah. playing every character and changing the pitch of my voice on Audacity. <laughs> so uh, I recast Hokey Dokey Jones from 13-year-old me. The funny thing is this podcast is just you changing the pitch of your voice. Basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I put both of our voices down a few octaves so that we sound more exotic <laughs> to our iTunes reviewers. Uh, and then I also brought the Ducko series back. Um, of course. But then that never finished. Oh. Uh, the plan was for Ducko 3 to be split into three acts. A very dark... A dark uh, I never got the dark second chapter would, done, but the first been, act is out and is on YouTube still. Would that have been before... Others split their final film into. I think so. I think I was a bit of a trendsetter. (laughs) This was before Harry Potter did it, before the Hunger Games did it, before the Hobbit did it. It was me who set the trend of unnecessarily splitting movies into multiple (laughs) films (laughs) with the Ducko trilogy. Uh, Incredible stuff. Uh, How did we get onto this? Uh, Peter Molyneux. Peter Molyneux. So he's the he was the man behind Bullfrog, which was the studio behind. Theme Park from theme 1994, park. published by Electronic Arts. Uh, lots of controversy at the time because uh, most of the rides you had to pay extra money for, Josh. I don't know if you knew this. Yeah. Uh, all the uh, the gift shops came out of these things called loot boxes. <laughs> so you never knew if you were going to be able to open an ice cream stand or a burger stand because you had to buy a loot box and whatever came out, you just had to put up with it. And the kids, all the kids wanted was a burger. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, uh, thankfully loot boxes were not a thing oh. back in 1994. Funny. Um, but uh, you still did you still have to buy everything separately? Surely not. No, I don't think this game had any expansion no. packs. It had some full-on sequels later, which we're going to maybe try and get to. Hopefully. This game's been ported to different platforms over the years. It, it came to PlayStation because uh, PlayStation came out in '95, I think. So the game came to PlayStation a bit later than it came to PC. Um, but then, even more recently than that, it's come to iOS. Yeah, I want to say it's on and something else, maybe PSP. It's on a different console as well uh, maybe I want to say I came to the 3DO mm. back in the day I can't remember uh, where I Panasonic console I want to say I didn't play it on a Playstation uh, Sega Saturn yeah that's probably where yeah. I, that's probably where I played it so I said PSP then I was wrong it came to Nintendo DS in 2007 uh, and oh, came to iOS in 2011 right and um Got a sequel, Theme Park World. There's yep, a Theme Park which, Inc, I really like. which I'm not familiar with. Uh, and Bullfrog would later make yep. uh, Theme Hospital, I think. Yes. Which was, you know, a spiritual successor to uh, Theme Park. Yes. Mm, obviously, Hospital. And there's a new something, Point Hospital, is a spiritual successor to Theme Hospital. Yeah, I think that was a crowdfunded one, right? Yeah. Um, I think that was meant to be quite decent. Yeah, there's a lot of them coming out. A lot of people had a lot of good fun with these old classic. Yeah, lots of nostalgia is driving some of these. I mean, I think, you know, we'll get to Theme Park again, obviously. I think a lot of people now associate Rollercoaster Tycoon with kind of the heyday of Theme Park video games. And we did an episode a long time ago at this point, um, which you could go back and listen to, but we will get back to this game, Parkitect, which uh, is very much seen as a sort of spiritual successor to Rollercoaster Tycoon. One, one and two, two rather yeah. than Theme Park. Um, and Theme Park, uh, though, did lay, I think, much of the groundwork for mm. Roller Coaster Tycoon. I guess you could say Parkitect is the dark fate 
<laughs> of the roller coaster. It ignores RCT three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brilliant. Uh, so uh, theme park. Yeah, theme uh, we've park. been playing it. We, we you, have... you found a copy, Josh. Yeah, I don't know if you um, want to let people know where you can get it. Good old games. Gog. Dot com. Yeah. Uh, you can get it. it runs in a DOS box, uh, which is like an emulation of old computers. Mm-hmm. Um, all you have to do is hit play, and it runs the DOS box for you. You don't have to do any setting up. Um, little little buggy. Yeah, we've had a few crashes. Yeah. Um, didn't like us playing with the instructions on. No. Um, which made our sort of time with the game a little tricky at times, working yes. out exactly what it wanted from us, how to do certain things. But by and large, I was actually fairly surprised. I mean, the the UI is um, it's funny because obviously it's uh, the resolution is super low. Yeah. So all the different um, UI elements look massive on the screen. Uh, no, no support for your ultra wide monitor. No. Josh. It displays in a in a you know four by three aspect yeah. ratio. No support for sixteen by nine either. No. Uh, so it is as it was back in ninety four. It is a pure. Uh, uh, the purest way to play yeah. Theme Park. I wonder how it would have looked on uh, iOS because I, I did have a quick look for it in the App Store and I can't find it. So there's every chance it's been removed. It's been pulled. Yeah. Um, I mean, clearly, if you have a DS, can you go on eBay and buy an iPhone with Theme Park installed? Oh, I don't know, but the the DS would have been a sixteen by nine. Right, yeah. the DS was sixteen by nine, top screen, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't four by three. No, uh, it wasn't square. No, no. So. I feel like I'd be interested to see what Theme Park looks like on a DS uh, and whether or not it was just, again, a purist port and it does run 4x3 on DS or or what. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. feels to me like you could have, you could run the you know the the, the more visual element of the game. Up top and then UI down bottom. Yeah. yeah. Could be the, the, the best way to play. Yeah. Um, and clearly you'd still be able to play that because DS games were all on carts. Yes. So if you could track down a copy, you should be able to play that no problem on a DS if you still have one knocking about. But yeah, we played it on PC. Yeah. And we just dived into a uh, a new save. New Didn't save, do sandbox yeah. mode. We wanted to play it as the game wanted us to play it. So sort of default yep. difficulty and all that stuff. And um, when you get chucked in, it's a very familiar sight for anyone who's played a Thing Park game. It's a blank plot of land. You've got an entrance and you basically have at it. Yeah, crack um, on. So You don't do... The theming is fairly light in terms yeah. of uh, you can place trees and fences and that sort of thing. Mm. You can't place uh, buildings, really. No. no, you can't like construct stuff. It's all no. preset yeah. builds, whether it's a ride or a shop. All the know, rides decoration. and shops are already themed. Yeah. The balloon shop, for some reason, is like a spooky mansion. Yeah, it's a bit strange. Like a lot of it is just sort of generic fairgroundy stuff, and then yeah. occasionally there'll be a yeah gift shop that has a very specific yeah. aesthetic. So you can't really. The coffee shop is a massive coffee mug. Yeah, which with coffee spinning around. In it. It's pretty cool. It's cool. Yeah. It's just kind of. If it came out today, it would be a Starbucks. Oh, of so you know. Yeah. We can be thankful that there was still some creativity knocking about. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's uh, if you want to create kind of the theme park of your dreams, this isn't that. But I can imagine that for the time, this would have been pretty, pretty amazing. Because I was kind of, I mean, I was, I would have been like one years old when this came out. So yeah. I was about to say I was going to try and put myself into my 94 shoes, but it would have been more like my 94 nappy and I wouldn't have understood anything that was going on if I looked at this game. But if I had been of an age where I could appreciate a video game yeah. and I'd looked at this in 1994, I would probably have been pretty amazed by the by the depth to which you can manage certainly the business side of things. There's um, quite a lot of input you can have on 
you know, prices and finances and investments and taking out loans and that side of things is there's more to be done on that side of the game than there is on the necessary the creative side of the game. Yes. And I feel like I, over the years, have preferred tapping into the creative side of these games rather sure. than the business side. Yeah. So it's not necessarily up my street, but I was surprised by how in-depth it could go. I guess the creative side of things is quite graphically intensive. Yeah, that's so, true. So uh, it's easier to just have that stuff pre-made, mm. pre-rendered, and then you can focus on the you know technical side of things, the business side of things. Um when you first launch into the game, you have to start in the United Kingdom. Yes, it's the only. It's free yes. to set up a theme park yeah. in the UK, and it, it costs. Uh, Come on down. Costs more if you want to go international. Yeah, Japan, twenty million. Yeah, there's no currency though, which I like. Yeah. So, not from the very outset, as you say, it's twenty million of whatever the currency is to set up a theme park in Japan, and obviously, once you get into the actual building of the theme park, it's kind of impossible to know what's yeah. a good price for stuff it kept telling you that your entrance was too expensive yeah. to get into the park at like a hundred monies yeah but then it was telling you you should raise the price of your chips <laughs> at the chip shop up to about 75 yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> i don't really know um i don't really know what the uh the the economy is like in this bizarre theme park world that this game takes place in but um yeah, you can charge, obviously, for entry. You can charge for the shops. You can charge for the food. Can you charge to go on the rides? Uh, no. No. Um, but they do still the give capacity. you... The uh, capacity, right. Yeah. Because they do sort of tell you about guest satisfaction for all the rides and all the shops and all the attractions that you have. Um, but it's I, it was quite hard uh, in the time that we played it to maybe get an idea of how exactly to make a change to those stats like yeah. okay the guests aren't happy with this ride how exactly am i how exactly do i improve it it was maybe a little unclear but yeah that was unclear um and you get a very limited subset of rides at the beginning yes and you have to research some and the menu system isn't that intuitive no like the sub menu system i guess you could say yeah the front ui is pretty easy oh that's a shop looking thing that's a ride looking thing that makes sense that's one person walking, that's four people queuing, so that's obviously a path, that's obviously a queue. Uh, you delve further into that, and it's like, uh, what does this symbol mean? I don't really know, because hmm. it's too like low. Yeah. I imagine on the sandbox, we didn't play sandbox mode, no. but I imagine in sandbox mode there's a little less emphasis on the business side of things, so yeah. struggling with the UI might be a little less of an issue because you have a bit more time and it's mm. more relaxed. But I mean, you kind of took the reins of our theme park saves so I don't know if we could just sort of talk through our vision Ugh. maybe the first vision which was before it crashed yeah. and then the second vision which is when we eventually went out of business <laughs> so the first vision we, we went in with a kind of purist uh, idealistic view of a theme park so yeah. Main Street Main Street <laughs> which was going quite well we'd set it up quite nicely Main Street UK decorated it with trees yeah exactly we'd call it High Street really Yeah. Uh, decorated it with trees we were getting ready to put you know coffee shops and yeah I mean Betting shops, charity shops. <laughs> Half of them were going to be shut. Poundlands. <laughs> yeah. And, um, well, I mean, this is back in 94, Josh. So maybe it would have been a little more... Could have had a Marks and Spencer's Ooh, or something. Yeah. They were still knocking about on the yeah. high street back then. That's Fraser. <laughs> Woolies. Yes. Oh, could have got pick a mix. Oh, yeah. B- BHS. BHS. <laughs> but, yeah, so we, we went in with a pretty uh, a positive outlook on how we were going to make this park. And then... Yeah crashed yeah placed the um, teacups and it crashed that was that didn't like that didn't like it your, your 
gaming PC couldn't cope with yes. the, the intensive graphics demanded yeah. by the teacups, right? I, I7 and 90... G, uh, yeah, GTX 970. The scale of everything is a little weird as well. Like the teacups ride within this game looks massive. enormous. It's, a, it's like teacups for giant yeah. people. Uh, it's quite massive. And then I guess once we'd suffered the crash and went back in, we took a little more of a uh, laissez-faire approach mm. to things and were kind of like, let's just build stuff yeah. and Let see get how much far stuff in before it crashes. we can push this. <laughs> and uh, at that point, you got in your coffee shop, you got in your chip shop. Yeah. Uh, what else did you do? Your I think cream. I know why we went bankrupt. Right. I bumped our research money all the way up. For any particular reason. So that we could get some more stuff and some more rides and right. some more shops in. But then we were spending so much money yeah. that it just bankrupted us. Yeah. What yeah. kind of attractions did you build? Uh, so we had a snake. Snakes and ladders. Right. Like was that was that was? That's what it was called. That's right. what it said over the entrance. Oh, okay. Way. So that was obviously you snake. You went up the middle. That was a ladder. Yeah. You popped out the top. Right. And then you slid down the snake. Yeah. Uh, then we had like a clown show. Yes. That looked quite good. Look. People seem to be enjoying yeah, the clown show. It was entertaining. It was always full. Yep. The queue for the snake ride, massive. <laughs> it certainly was, but then nobody was satisfied. Yeah. Everyone found it kind of lame yeah. based on the feedback we were getting. Um, one thing I found interesting because you do get feedback based on how the guests feel about things. And um, Peter Molyneux, there's a quote from him here where he's talking about how much had to go into giving each of the guests their own personality. Right. Which I'm not sure I would go as far to say that they all have their own personality. Yeah. That's a very Peter Molyneux thing to say. But um, Can't even manage that these days. Apparently huh? each one required 200 bytes of memory Whoa. to give them their own personality. Yeah. Incredible 200 stuff. whole bytes. Yeah. Damn. I must say, I remember when, uh, going back to Rollercoaster Tycoon 3... Uh, I don't know if you could do this on the early ones, but on RCT3, you could make your own guests. Yes. Um, and they would always visit the parks, no yeah. matter what mode you would do. So I would always make my family. Yeah, I tried and to... have them turn up at the parks, I tried was to make, quite fun to then hone in on them and see what they were doing. I tried to make a cheat family. A they cheat were all, family? Yeah, they were all named after the cheats. Oh, right. But it wouldn't, the cheats wouldn't work. Oh. You had to do that. Because you know the cheats in RCT3. Oh, right? of course, yeah. yeah. Yeah, unlimited money and all that good yeah, stuff. Yeah, and you had to like change the name of guests. Yeah, but yeah, I, I thought that was funny. 200 bytes, how things have moved on and changed. Um, in fact, one of the novel things about Parkitect is how small that game is by today's standards. Yeah. Like, it's nothing at all to download that game. It takes up hardly any room and can run on just about any computer or Mac that you might own. Um, but yeah, back to Theme Park... Uh, guests weren't particularly impressed by anything that we built. Um, what else did we build? We had the we had down by the clown show. There was another one. You built a maze. Built a hedge maze. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if that went down well with people. Uh, we went bankrupt pretty quickly after that. So <laughs> we didn't quite. Oh, we <laughs> couldn't. I couldn't build a path because we were so bankrupt. That's right. We got so desperate that we couldn't even yeah. build a path for people to get to the maze. That was a, a somewhat tragic uh, experience, I guess. But I I don't know. Going back to sort of the guest stuff, I actually. I, I, I'm sceptical about the whole personality side of things, but I thought from a sort of graphical perspective, there are quite a lot of nice little idle animations and things like that yeah. as the, the guests walk around. The mechanic, um, I love the mechanic. The mechanic, yes, because of course you can hire staff. Yes. The mechanic seems to be having, he's stopped every so often to have a sandwich. Hired him 
straight away setting up his picnic yeah. box. Yeah, he hired a security guard. Yeah, hired an entertainer. We could only afford one, which was a man dressed as a chicken. Yeah, uh, the chicken man. People seem to like him. I yeah. guess. Um, but mostly people were just walking around. Um, I, I guess the one sort of thing about you know guests having a personality they can make demands so they walk around with speech bubbles over their heads mm. uh, and everyone wanted burgers yeah and we couldn't work out how to provide them with said burgers no because uh, based on the ui there are you know shops and rides and stuff that you unlock there are sort of blank spaces in each sub menu yeah. and something we never got to a point where we could build something that served burgers and no, the chip yeah. stand was purely chips yeah they were not selling and burgers Cheapest uh, chips, as you might say. Well, until you knock the price up to three quarters of the park entry. Yeah, 72. Uh, you could also adjust how much salt is on the chips. Yeah. I'm not sure what impact that has, if any. Uh, if people the just start dropping we, dead. The coffee, we put loads of caffeine in. Yes, to up the energy Yeah. Uh, of, of the guests. Just on the uh, the size thing, going back to the size thing. Yeah. Even so, uh, the game included in DOSBox, which it runs in, 175 mech. Fair enough. Uh, I mean, I think, I mean, as you said earlier, you bought it on good old games. I think that's the only place you can legitimately buy it now. I'm not sure so, it's on yeah. Steam. Uh, but yeah, I, I guess if you wanted to play it on other platforms, you would have to seek out a vintage copy, which um, I don't know if you want to quickly look them up, Josh, out of interest, see if there's any copies of Thing Park going on like eBay, eBay. for various platforms, because it came to, as I said, it came to PlayStation in 95, that came to the Mega Drive and the Saturn. It came to the Amiga CD32. It came to the Atari Jaguar. It came to the 3DO, as we said earlier. It came to the SNES, which I didn't know. Um, and then, as we said, it then came to iOS and uh, DS. Uh, uh, and it came to uh, Good Old Games in December 2013. Pepper Pig, uh, Theme Park Fun. <laughs> uh, theme Park, theme park no, theme World, park World, which is a sequel. Theme Park on the Sega Saturn, £10. Oh, okay. That's not bad. So it's yeah. obviously not considered a super rare relic. No. Uh, but I wonder what, if, what if you talk, what, can you look for the DS version specifically? Theme Park DS. Can you punch that into eBay? Uh, yeah, sure. Oh, Theme Park. Uh, there's Theme Park Inc. There. Is that the one we can't get? We can't track down. Uh, and Theme Park World. I and might, Theme Park World. I might see if I can get hold of them. Oh, fair enough. Uh, Theme Park. Is that DS. it? There. That looks Twelve like it. pounds. Twelve quid. Okay. For five ninety seven. Do you still own a DS? No, I think I got rid of it. Ah, there must be a DS emulator or something. Not that we condone that sort of thing. No, Let's we would forget never I, forget. I said that. We would never do that. Nintendo emulation, don't do it. They'll come after you. Get people to the door. Um, uh, probably worth talking about, Josh. The reception that Thing Park got at the time of its release. We mentioned earlier that it was kind of laid a lot of the groundwork for what was to come. When yes. it came to theme park video games. Uh, and I will make no apologies for saying that I have just referred to the Wikipedia page to get a, a good overview of how this game was received. It received critical acclaim, Josh. Gameplay graphics and addictiveness in particular were well received. Well, uh, Edge said it was good. PC Gamer said it was good. Computer and Video Games said it was good. Um, it seems like the console versions maybe weren't quite as well received. And the PC, I think, as is still the case today... The PC is the best place to play these kinds of sort of strategy and uh, management uh, style games. Of course. Uh, but, um, but yeah. Uh, interesting here, detail about the iOS version, which uh, relied heavily on premium purchases. 
Uh, and rides could apparently cost up to $60 in real money. Wow. Yeah. So that may be an explanation as to why it's no longer on the App Store. I can't imagine that went down well. Uh, worth noting, as we've said on the podcast before, the App Store is absolutely jam-packed of terrible uh, exploitative theme park games that I would not recommend. Uh, there are a couple of premium options that I think will probably, you know, whether or not they're good, I couldn't say, but it would at least suggest that they're not going to try and get loads of money out of you down the road. Idle theme um, park. That does have in-app purchases, Josh. I was talking oh. about there's Rollercoaster Tycoon Classic on the App Store. Yes. There's RCT3 on the App Store. They're both premium games, which I, I think don't have in-app purchases. But the vast majority, if you just type theme park in on the App Store, and it's probably even worse if I to guess on the uh, Google Play Store. Oh, yeah. There's uh, a lot of stuff that you should probably steer well clear of. Um, but yeah, if you want to buy theme park, it's on good old games. Uh, I don't know if you've got anything else you want to talk about, Josh, really. I mean, do you have any recollection of playing it back in the day? Did you play it uh, when yeah. you were growing up? Uh, I played it on one of the consoles. Right. I mean, you were a Sega kid. I was. A, I had a Mega Drive. So you probably played it on there. Uh no, so I never owned the game. Oh. I remember playing it some at someone's house. Oh okay, yeah, it might have been my next door neighbour. I wonder how it would have translated to a controller. Yeah, did they? Uh, have, did it, it have I thought its, it was pretty good. Did it have a specific like console UI or was it just this and you had to just fudge it with D pad? Um, it was like this really, but it it the D pad was. Uh, was I thought it was pretty good. I always thought, remembered it being good. Yeah, and I guess uh, to be honest, in terms of placing rides and stuff, there's not a huge amount of uh, nuance to it in no, this and game. And you um, can't even rotate stuff, at least not that we could work out. Yeah, and so it's, you don't it's have in, to be that precise. Uh, blocks, right? So you there's very specific squares that you have to place stuff in. Yeah, so. like playing something like Parkitect, where you can be very precise with mm. building and stuff. That would be a bad time yes. on a controller. But uh, yeah, Thing Park is so sort of basic because of its time. Uh, that, yeah, I actually, I guess, you know, that means it may translate to a uh, controller a little better, uh, to be fair. Um, but yeah, uh, can you remember how much you paid for it on good old games? Um, uh, if not, I can have a quick look for it. I can't. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, Thing Park released in 1994, which means it's uh, I've had it for a while now. Getting so. on for 30 years old, which is kind of scary I guess uh, but yeah it's definitely where this whole thing park video games thing started uh, I would say I mean it's we couldn't find anything earlier than that which is why we started with it uh, yeah but yeah it certainly set the um, set the bar pretty high for the time uh, good old games four pound 89 there we go you want to enjoy good a slice price. of nostalgia here uh, it's um it's pretty cheap to get in. Um, worth noting that there are reviews on good old games that are very positive, but some that do complain of bugs uh, and crashes, which is some of what we have experienced. Yeah, so maybe be aware of that. But on the whole, it seems like a, a good way to experience that game. Yeah, and good news. I wonder I've, if the license is still... the sequel. <laughs> have you? Yeah. On PC? Yeah. On eBay? Yeah. Great. Okay, well that's excellent news. Uh, I wonder if EA still holds the license for this game. I imagine it probably does. Yeah, I think EA has a huge vault of kind of beloved IP that will probably never see the light of day again. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. Thanks to us 
theme park has been exposed once more. Once again. Uh, Thank the Lord. Indeed. Um, That's going to do it, Josh, for the first instalment in our theme park video game review series. Yeah. Uh, If you want to get in touch, if you have any fond memories of theme park, let us know. Uh, or if you have any games that you'd particularly like us to touch on. And we've got a fairly exhaustive list. I'm quite confident that we're going to get to just about everything you could possibly want to suggest. But if you do want to chuck a few names our way and we can get to them if they're not on our list, email us, podcast at parkrush.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at parkrushpodcast. Subscribe on your favourite podcasting app if you would like to. And uh, we're at parkrush.com as well. Yeah. Josh, that's, just, that's going to do it. Yeah. Uh, How's Peru, by the way? Great. Yeah? Yeah. Excellent. Glad you're having a good time. We, uh, calor. Yeah. Nice. That's That's hot. Cool. Well, until next time, thanks for listening. Take it easy. Goodbye. Adios. Adios.